The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, hello and good morning, Faith Hill Church. What a privilege it is for me to, to share the word with you this morning. And I'm excited that we can feast together on God's word. And I know that what God has put in my heart will indeed be a great blessing to you on your journey, especially in this season. Now, let me also take this time to really just appreciate Pastor Tafara and Pastor Chipo. Not only are they collaborators in the vineyard with Eneline, my wife and I, but really great friends and just a brother and a sister to us, a couple that have really made a great impact in our lives. And so we just want to appreciate you, Pastor Tafara and Pastor Chipo, and let you know that we love you lots. We are praying for the both of you and we are expectant of great things yet to come. So I'm excited to share with you this morning, but for those of you who don't know me, my name is Isaac Kakoa, and I'm currently the African Regional Director for Endowment Ministries and the Keres Bible Colleges. Now I'm excited to share with you this morning, and I hope that, well, let me say, I believe that what God has placed in my heart will indeed be a great blessing to you. But this morning I'll be sharing on understanding the spiritual force of thanksgiving and praise. But before we get into it, I would like to just share a little bit from the story in Luke chapter 15 from verse 11 to 32. And this is the story of the two brothers, the one we know to be the prodigal son and obviously the older brother. But it's a story where, you know, the younger brother comes to the father asking for his inheritance. And the one thing that has always really puzzled me and which really puzzled me for a very long time was that how did he come to the conclusion of him knowing that he had an inheritance? And I remember when the Lord just revealed it to me and the Lord said that, you know, he was aware through knowledge that he had an inheritance with the father. And obviously the older brother, you know, who was a very hardworking brother, you know, um, obviously for some reason was upset after the young brother had received the inheritance and had gone and, you know, just obviously lived it all up. And then the father obviously embracing him upon his return. But the older brother, because he was hardworking, was very angry and began to protest against the younger brother. And this is similar to most believers who are hardworking who are trying to get something from God, trying to please God and trying to make it. You know, who get angry with those believers who have gained knowledge of the truth of the gospel, who are walking in the full you know, riches of the blessings that is, has, made, has been made available to us. But it really blesses my heart in, in, in verse 31 of the same scripture, in Luke chapter, uh, chapter 15. I love what the father said. The father uh, called him and said, Son, you are always with me and that everything I have is yours. And that's really the heart of what I want to speak about this morning, that, you know, it is of utmost importance that you and I get a good knowledge and understanding of what we have in Christ. But today, for the purpose of the teaching specifically, getting a good understanding of the spiritual force of thanksgiving 
and praise, especially in the season that we find ourselves in. You know, there's just so much happening in the world at the moment and even within our nation that it is so easy to be caught up in the news instead of listening to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And my heart this morning is to help you gain a deeper, let me say, knowledge and understanding for you understanding the importance of the place of thanksgiving. I will just read from, you know, Romans chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. It says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him. Man, I love this part. Verse 21 he says, Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him, number one, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. And so unthankfulness is the pathway that leads many to a place of futility, a heart being darkened, and eventually ending you up in a place of you being foolish. And I'm hoping that you will begin to see Thanksgiving in a whole different light after the teaching of today, because I believe that it is one of the spiritual forces that really, really, you know, makes a great difference in our lives and obviously on our journey as believers. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 from verse 1 to 5, you know, it says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, there goes that word again, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Verse 5, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. Man, it's amazing how unthankfulness is literally in the same WhatsApp group as proud, headstrong, lovers of pleasure instead of God. And so this morning, I just really want to just really emphasize the importance on, especially in the season that we find ourselves in where there's so many good, so much going on that it is so easy to be caught up and to be focused in the negativities of what is happening that we can often lose perspective of the fact that, man, we are blessed and that you and I always have more in the person of Jesus Christ to forever be grateful and be thankful at any given time. Now, I say this often to our staff and to the students that we walk in life by common sense, we run by principles, and we only fly in life by divine instructions. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8, the scripture says, My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother. And so you and I gain mastery in life. We gain mastery in the kingdom through divine, or let me say, kingdom mysteries. Man, we gain mastery in life on the platform of kingdom mysteries. It is the mysteries of the kingdom. It's what puts us above the miseries of life. Man, I want to say this again. It is kingdom mysteries that puts us above worldly miseries. Wherever there is misery, it's, re- it's as a result of the fact that a knowledge or an understanding of the mystery of the kingdom has not been, owned, has, has not been known. And so my heart today is just really to help you 
you know, gain a better insight and understanding into the topic of thanksgiving so that you can live a thankful life, you can live a praiseful life, being mindful of God's goodness and all that he's done for us. Let me also bring this across. In Mark chapter 4, verse 11, the scripture says, And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parable. And so as a child of God, here's the truth. You and I have no reason to be miserable. God has given us the mysteries of the kingdom so that you and I can know the mysteries of the kingdom so that we can be above and beyond the miseries of this life. Now, let me also say that the mystery of the kingdom is the person of Jesus Christ. And that mystery has been revealed. The mystery is hidden for us and not from us. The mystery is the person of Jesus who has been revealed, but the mystery is for our knowing, so that in our knowing and in our understanding, we can rise above the norms or the challenges of this life. You know, marriage, the Bible says that it's a mystery. You know, in Ephesians chapter 5, it talks about, obviously, marriage and, you know, the responsibilities and the roles of a husband and, and also uh, as a, hus uh, sorry, a wife and a husband. So let's just read a few scriptures, and I hope that this will minister to you. But in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 32, it's after having spoken about, obviously, marriage. It said, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. And so marriage in its own is a mystery that must be understood from God's perspective, must be understood the mystery that is of Christ and the church if you and I will enjoy the bliss and the blessedness of what God has intended marriage to be. You know, the Bible says that godliness is a great mystery. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 and 19, Paul is praying and he's saying this. Paul is speaking and he's saying that praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, the mystery of the gospel. So the gospel is a mystery, but the mystery is, has been made known by the Spirit of God to us so that we can make it known. You know, uh, faith, the Bible says it's a mystery. I just want to read a few of these scriptures just for so you can see, you know, the heart of the Father. You know, another word, if I may use for the word mystery, because I know when you speak of mysteries, one can think that God is mysterious. God is not a mysterious God. God is a loving Father who has treasures that he's hidden in this word for his children so that us as his children can know of these treasures, which we can also call the mysteries, you know, so that you and I can ride above the normality of life. Let me also say this. I made mention earlier on that we only fly in life by divine instructions, okay? Now, here's the thing. And I often say that by means of common sense, spirit-filled believers have reduced and limited themselves to a crust of bread because of common sense. But the heart of this is that you and I will see things from God's perspective, from the Word of God, so that in the midst of the chaos we might find ourselves in, that you and I will begin to live above the chaos of this world by the instructions of the Lord from His Word, so that you and I can become everything that God has called us to be. And so faith, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 9, you know, it's a mystery. The scripture says, holding the mystery of the faith 
with a pure conscience. Faith is a mystery. Faith is a treasure for you and I to know. But the purpose of these mysteries is that they are hidden for us so that you and I can know this. Just like the prodigal son. The prodigal son came to the conclusion of him asking for the inheritance because he had the knowledge of treasure. He had knowledge. And because of that knowledge, he was able to approach his father to request that which was already made available to him. Now, godliness is also a great mystery. This is a powerful one. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. Man, this is powerful. You know, the person of Christ himself is also a mystery. I just want to read a few scriptures and I hope that this will really minister to you. But, you know, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 2, the scripture says that their hearts may be encouraged, being knitted, being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the, of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 4, it says, By which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. This is powerful. This is so powerful. And I just want to really just encourage you that these are the mysteries that God has hidden for us in the word, that by the Spirit we can know these things so that you and I can live above the normalities of life. And I just want to encourage you, and I'm hoping that, you know, you are beginning to really, you know, gain some understanding and knowledge just through this teaching. But as all these things are mysteries, or let me say treasures hidden for us, the same is the topic of thanksgiving. And so my heart today is really to help you gain a better understanding so that you will know that in our time of praise and worship, it is not a Christian karaoke where we just mimic words from the screens you know, thinking that we are doing God a favor, but that this is really a privilege that God has given us just to be able to thank and worship and to praise Him. But we need to do this with an, with an understanding so that we can be effective in what God has called us to do. So let's look at just a few things. You know, um, let me say um, the same is thanksgiving. You know, I want to read a few scripture here again, but it says here in Psalms chapter 47, verse 6 and 7, it says, sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praise to our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. So it means that you and I can be singing praises, but without the understanding. And it is the understanding of a thing is what makes us outstanding in this subject matter. Man, this is powerful. You know, the scriptures here in Psalms chapter 34, verse 1, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now, here's the thing. Not everything you experience is life. All the time is good. But the writer of this psalm is saying this, and this is the proclamation of this writer. I will bless the Lord at all times. What that means is in the good, in the bad, in the ups and in the valleys, I will still bless the Lord. And I believe that this writer had a revelation from the scripture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, where it says that in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. 
Man, you and I know that not everything that happens in life to us is always good, right? And so how can God say to you and I that in the midst of everything, we should be giving thanks? Not just giving thanks, but this is actually the will of God in Christ Jesus. And so God's will for you and I, right now in your seated position, regardless and irrespective of what you might be going through, is that you and I give him thanks. Man, this is powerful. But the reason why God can say that we can give him thanks in the midst of whatever it is we might be going through is because there is never a moment in your life, regardless of what you are going through, that you don't have more reasons to be thankful to God for. And so maybe things probably hasn't gone the way that you expected it to go. Maybe business isn't booming the way that you've planned it to be. Maybe the dogs are not barking as early as you want them to do or whatever the case is. I want to tell you and I want to speak into your life this morning and I want to encourage you just to help you call to remember that there is never a moment in your life where you and I don't have more than enough reasons to be giving thanks. Let me put it this way. You always have more reasons in the Lord to be thankful than the problems or the challenges that you might be facing or be going through. So irrespective of, of the coronavirus, regardless of what might not be happening, guess what? Thank God that you are saved. Thank God that you are blessed. Thank God for everything that he's done for you. In a short while, I'll be giving us just a moment just for us to begin to appreciate and thank the Lord. But it is of utmost importance that we get to understand this because what the enemy is trying to do is to steal your joy is to keep your focus to that which is not or on the negativities or the bad things that is happening so that you can be paralyzed in you operating in the spiritual force of thanksgiving. You know, I love what Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7 says. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplications with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Man, what a powerful scripture. And so we're going to be looking at a few things just to understand when it comes to the mystery of thanksgiving. And so number one, praise and thanksgiving is the gateway to a supernatural harvest of seed sown. Thanksgiving and praise is the gateway to a supernatural harvest of seed sown. In Psalms chapter 67 verse 5 and 6, it says that let the people praise you, O God, and let all the people praise you. Verse 6, then the earth shall yield her increase. God, our own God, shall bless us. Man, this is one of the, you know, one of my favorite scriptures. It says, I, I just want to read this again, and I hope that you get the heart of what the Father, I believe, is bringing across. It says, let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. Then the earth shall yield her increase. God, our own God shall bless us. And so praise is not a seed, but praise is the water that waters the seed. You remember we read in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplications. And then he says with thanksgiving. And so prayer, the, the scripture says that you and I need to pray according to the word. And then the word of God is a seed of, is a seed. And so if we pray according to the word, what what we mean is that in prayers, we are actually sowing seeds. Because if you pray according to the word and the word is seed, in my prayer, what I'm doing is I'm sowing seed. But guess what? 
you pray, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. So whilst I'm sowing seeds in my prayer and in my supplication, it says that your prayers are not complete, but you need to, you know, back it up with thanksgiving. And so thanksgiving is the water that waters your seed. Now, let me put it to you this way. You know, you and I in raining season can you know, can be maybe offended or can be angry because rain hinders us, you know, from sometimes doing some of the things that we would like to do. And so maybe if you are into construction, because of the rain, you actually get hindered, you know, from getting a job done because of the rain. You know, for you as a videographer, maybe you can be caught up at home and be disappointed because of the rain. You are unable to do, take pictures and do the things that you love. But guess what? Whilst you might be angry, the farmers are very excited and are rejoicing. You know why? They are rejoicing because they've planted a seed. Man, this is powerful. The farmers are rejoicing in raining season because they've planted a seed and because they are waiting for a harvest. And so the, our thanksgiving and our praises is really water that waters our seed to bring in about the supernatural harvest of our seed sown. Number two. Things to understand about praise and our thanksgiving. Number two, praise releases supernatural increase and multiplication. Our praise and our thanksgiving releases supernatural increase and multiplication. Now, let me also put it to you this way. You know, where you are currently, it's not God's best for you. It might be God's place for you right now. And I'm saying that because in the Lord, there's always much more for you and I to experience and to enjoy. So even though I might be where I am, man, I believe God has much better plans and bigger plans for my life and for your life too. And so where you are currently might be where God wants you to be. But guess what? He still has more in store for you. In Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 19, it says, Then out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of those who make merry. I will multiply them and they shall not diminish. I will glorify them and they shall not be small. And so no heart that is full of thanksgiving remains small in life. It says, Then out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. And the voice of those who make merry, I will multiply them and they shall not diminish. I will also glorify them and they shall not be made small. Now you remember the incidents or the, you know, uh, the account of Jesus in John chapter 6 verse 10 and 11. Let me read the scripture as well. Maybe this will be a great blessing just to bring the point home. But in John chapter 6 verse 10 and 11, it says, Then Jesus said, Make the people sit. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. Man, this is powerful. And so Jesus lifted up the insufficient and gave thanks. And it multiplied, became more than sufficient. And so the point of what I'm trying to bring across this morning is this. That you and I will begin to place a great priority and a demand in us learning to live in a thankful life. That in the midst of everything we might be going through and regardless of what is happening, what might not be happening. 
But this one thing is that you will not lose your thanksgiving unto the Lord. Man, there's never a moment in your life, there's never a time in your life that you don't have more, enough, more than enough reason to be giving thanks to God. And then number three, number three is that praise is the master key to open doors. And so, you know, just learning a few things when it comes to, you know, understanding the, um, the spiritual force of thanksgiving. Number three is that praise is the master key to open doors. In Acts chapter 6, it's a well and a popular story that most of you, I'm sure, are familiar with by now. But in Acts chapter 16, verse 25 to 28, I just want to bring you a few points that I know will probably just open you up. But it says, but at midnight... Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison was shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loose. Then the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Man, what a powerful piece of scripture this is. I love how it says here in verse 26, it says, Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prisons were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open. Now, this is what God ministered to me, and I hope that this will be a great blessing to you. You know, I don't know how big this prison was, but I'm sure that they had more than 10 or 20 different cells. Now, I'm saying this because there's no, every prison around, I mean, has so many people. But I also believe that every cell has a different key to the cell. But it's amazing how when they started praising God, it says all the doors to the different cells opened the doors of financial lack open the doors of sickness open the doors of whatever pain that ails you open the doors the different doors in our lives man opens up in our thanksgiving and in our praises praise and thanksgiving is the master key that opens all the doors in the different areas of our lives you see i've never seen a successful person who is not thankful there is no thankful man who ever remains on the floor. Someone who understands and has a great revelation on this topic, that in the midst of the worst situation they find themselves in, all they do is never stop, never, you know, never not giving thanks to God. So I just want to encourage you that it is so easy, even in the season that we find ourselves in, you know, to focus on the negatives and what is not. And the heart of the enemy, I believe, is just to trap you to focusing on what is not instead of focusing on what God has made available for you and I in the person of Jesus Christ. You know, the greatest miracle in this case, in this story we've just read, is not even the fact that the doors open. But I think for me, the greatest miracle is the fact that all the prisoners, when the doors were open, never rushed out of prison. They remained in the prison. Now, I don't know what is the biggest prison here on earth, but open the doors and the gates of the prison door, I mean the prison, for just one minute and see how many of those prisoners will still be left in prison. Man, what a blessing. 
that these prisoners could not run, well, didn't run, but they remained in prison because of the presence of the Lord in the midst of the hymns and the songs that Paul and Silas were singing. Man, I want to bring this, um, this point across. And that is that, you know, Paul and, ba- and Silas were not praying for God to come through. The heart was not just for God to release them, but the heart of them thanking God was just a state that they were always in. They understood the scripture that said, in all things give thanks. I don't give thanks for God to do something for me, even though, you know, in me giving thanks, it has its benefits. But I thank him for who he is. I thank him because, you know, his size is bigger than the size of anything I face in this life. I thank him because of his faithfulness and his goodness in my life. And right now, I don't know where you find yourself right now. But I just want to give you just one minute in your seated position, whether you are standing in your home, in your lounge, wherever that you are watching this recording, that just for one minute that you will begin to you know, appreciate the Lord, you will start thanking the Lord right now in your, I mean, in your seated position. You know, begin to focus on the goodness of the Lord. The psalmist says that, man, where will we be had it not been for the Lord who was on our side? The same road we travel on, many have traveled on the very same road and have lost their life. We are living in the very same condition in the season of coronavirus. You know how many people have lost their life, but you are preserved and you are sustained. The scripture says that through his mercies we are not consumed, for his compassions they fail not. His mercies are renewed every morning. It is by the mercies and the goodness and the grace of God is the reason why that you are alive and well, my friend. And if anything, instead of complaining, this will be a good time for you and I to begin to appreciate the Lord. So, Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace upon our lives. We thank you for being our keeper and the lifter of our heads. Thank you for preserving us. Thank you for preserving and sustaining our family. Thank you for being a covenant-keeping God. Father, we take our eyes off the problems of this world and we gaze our focus on you. We say that you are Lord of our lives. In the midst of the storm, we look to you because you are a good father. Lord, you will never change and you will never fail. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. Thank you, Lord, that you will not put us to shame. We honor you this morning and we just praise you in the midst of whatever it is we might be going through. And we declare that you are faithful. We declare that you are a good God. We declare that you are good in all your ways. And Father, we are eternally grateful to you for you having saved us, for you having adopted us, for you having preserved us, for you having sustained us. We thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness. And we just honor you and we praise you for all that you are and all that you've done for us. We thank you, Lord, for you are a good God and we are ever grateful and thankful to you. Man, folks, I want to encourage you, man, that thanksgiving and praises, like the psalmist say, I will continually bless the Lord at all times. That if there's one thing you can do, the scripture says, man, let all everything that has breath give praise to the Lord. Man, don't allow the enemy to steal your joy. Do not allow the enemy to rob you, man, of the opportunities that you have in the Lord to be giving thanks to the Lord. And so just looking at a few more, you know, just a few more points here. But we want to look at a few benefits, you know, uh, of thanksgiving. And the first benefits of thanksgiving is that you are bound in your faith. 
you and I are bound in our faith when we thank and when we praise God. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, it says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it, in what? In faith with thanksgiving. And so we are bound in our faith, in our thanksgiving. Man, when I pray, when I believe God, like I said, prayer is, is seed time. And thanksgiving is, you know, our raining season. Okay, so as I sow my seed in prayers, as I believe and as I receive by faith what God has made provision for me by grace, man, I just begin to thank God. I'm thanking God in the knowing that I've sown a seed. I'm thanking God knowing that the word that he has sent will not return to him void. I'm thanking God knowing that what he has said, it will come to pass. And so thanksgiving causes our faith to abound. You know, when you know that you have something and you, thank, and you are thanking God, man, it stirs something in your heart. Your faith abounds, you know, man, it just takes you to a whole great and a whole different level. So that is one of the, you know, benefits of, obviously, um, of thanksgiving. But I want to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15, where it says, For all things are for your sake, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. So whilst our faith abounds because of thanksgiving, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15, says that our thanksgiving abounds through grace. And so when you understand the grace of God and when you are consumed by the grace of God, which is the goodness of God and everything that God has done and made available for you, Man, you just want to thank him and just appreciate it. And that's why I love this church, because this is a church that ministers the gospel, the gospel of the grace of God. And the gospel is what is changing, you know, that has changed us and that is changing you. But when you understand the heart of the gospel, it brings you on your knees. It brings you to a place where, man, you are so in all and are just so thankful to God for everything that he has done, that he even loved you when you were, I mean, when you were a sinner. Man, what a privilege. What a privilege to know that my sins, past, present, and future has been nailed to the cross. What a privilege that I don't have to live through life in guilt, shame, condemnation. What a privilege that everything I need to live life, God has made available for me in the person of Jesus Christ. Man, when you call to remembrance that when you call to mind the things that God has made available for you, man, man, you just want to thank him. And so one of the benefits of you and I being thankful is that it causes your faith to abound, especially for us who understand the grace of God. And then number two, the other reason is that, you know, praise runs of the devil. Man, the enemy doesn't like it. You remember it was because of praise, is because of the glory he wanted you know, was the reason why he was really kicked out of heaven in the first place. And so whenever I think and I'm praising God, it's like literally rubbing salt in the wound. What he wanted that he never got, guess what? I remind him of the fact that he's been defeated. You know, the scripture says that Jesus made a public spectacle of the devil. And so every time that we say that Jesus is alive, he's alive, it's like literally rubbing salt in, I mean, in the wound. You know, just not long ago, South, African, South Africa beat England in the Rugby World Cup. Now, let me tell you this. Man, if you speak to any England rugby player now, the worst thing you can do to that player 
It's to remind him of how South Africa defeated him in the Rugby World Cup Finals, right? Right? The same way, when you and I remind the devil of the fact that he's been defeated, man, it pushes him away. It's like rubbing, let me say, rubbing salt in his wound. And that's why even in our praises and our thanksgiving, we declare, you know, that Jesus is alive. When I say he's alive, he's alive and risen. Man, it's like you rubbing salt in the wound of the enemy. So I hope that this has been a great blessing to you. But I just wanted to encourage you, you know, really, really that in the midst of all that we are going through, that you will not lose perspective, that even though we have to do the things that obviously the restrictions has demanded for us to do, that you will not lose perspective of who you are in Christ, what God has made available to you, what he's done for you and I, that even in the midst of all that we are going through, that you will always remember that you are always on the winning side. And so we love you, we appreciate you, and I, I just hope that you have been blessed. And my heart was really just to encourage you in the season so that you can rise up in becoming everything that God has called you to be. We love you, we appreciate you, and we can't wait to the fullness of time when we can be with you. Thank you so much. And thank you so much, Pastor Tafara, Pastor Chipo, for this opportunity to share with, obviously, the flock and, the, and God's people. And I hope that you all have been blessed. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. We